Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern speaking to you tonight from Dallas, Texas. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shaping Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shaping Man, with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look nice. Your face will feel as cool as ice. With Colgate Shaves, you'll be a fan. 474th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Featuring America's most famous collector of stories, radio's number one reporter in sports, Bill Stern. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're broadcasting tonight from Dallas, Texas. We're in Dallas to broadcast tomorrow's Texas Christian Southern Methodist football game. And our guest tonight is the popular orchestra leader and pianist, Frankie Carl. Before you meet Frankie Carl in person, here is... Real One. Profile of two famous painters. Tonight, since we're broadcasting from Texas, I'd like to tell you a story that began in the South. In fact, it began when a famous man, suddenly last April, decided that he wanted to become a painter. Yet, strangely enough, this happened at a golf match. For you see, down at the Masters Golf Tournament in Augusta, Georgia, last April, this particular man was watching the well-known golfers as they were playing the 18th green, when suddenly this man turned to Bobby Jones, the world-famous golfer, and he said, Bobby, I'd like to try and paint something. You know, I've never painted a thing in my life. But if you could get me materials, I'd like to try to paint this scene around the 18th green. Bobby Jones got those painting materials. And he gave them to this man who'd never painted before in his life. This man did paint that scene around the 18th green at the Masters Golf Tournament in Augusta, Georgia. And despite the fact that this was the first time that this man had ever painted, he painted such a good picture that it became famous. So famous that his picture was hung in the American art galleries in New York City. Maybe you'd be interested in knowing who this man was. This man who'd never painted before. But who painted such a great scene of a golf tournament that his picture was hung in an important gallery in New York. His name, his name was Dwight Eisenhower. But you know, speaking of painting and sports, let me tell you another story of a painter. A painter named Joe Gatto. Joe Gatto is one of America's greatest painters. So great that last week, Life magazine devoted six pages to the incredible story of his life. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, I'm getting ahead of the story. Let's go back to the beginning. Joe Gatto was born on the Lower East Side of New York City. He was poor. Went to public school. Joe didn't like public school. He wanted to quit. He wanted to become a prize fighter. However, one day, just as Joe Gatto was about to quit school, a distinguished man came to visit that school. This man took Joe aside and he said, Joe, I hear you're going to quit school to become a prize fighter. Well, I happen to see some of your drawings on the blackboard. Joe, you've got a future as an artist. Don't try to be a prize fighter. Anyone who can draw the way you can should be an artist. So, so Joe took this man's advice. He started to paint, but he couldn't sell any of his paintings. And because he couldn't sell his paintings, he stopped painting. Then, he became a prize fighter. He won his first fight, his second, his third, his fourth, his fifth, his sixth, his seventh, his eighth, but then... Then, suddenly he began to lose. He lost one fight after another. Until one night, Joe Gatto was lying in bed when a voice came back to him. A voice that said, Don't try to be a prize fighter. Anyone who can draw the way you can should be an artist. That night, 
That night, Joe started to paint again. This time, he was serious. He became a great painter. He sold his paintings to famous people. People like Nelson Rockefeller, William Randolph Hearst, John Steinbeck. Life magazine wrote his life up. His paintings are now hung in the New York Museum of American Art. But that's not quite the end of the story. Perhaps you'd like to know who this man was who told Joe to give up boxing and to become a painter. Strangely enough, that man who told Joe to give up boxing became a boxer himself. Yeah, that man became a boxer. In fact, this man lost an eye in a boxing match. This man, this man who advised Joe to take up painting and to stop boxing, and yet he became a boxer himself, losing an eye in a boxing match, is not remembered as a boxer. Nope. But he is remembered as the 26th president of the United States. His name is Theodore Roosevelt. Portrait of a painter, president, and a prediction. Real two. Tonight, we're in Dallas, Texas, getting ready to broadcast tomorrow's TCU-SMU football game. But wherever you are, I'll bet you have this shaving problem. Maybe your beard is tough like mine or soft as fuzz. Maybe your skin is walrus tough or tender as a baby's. Whatever shaving problem you face, you'll find the answer is Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. Try it on this swell proposition. There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. You'll see Colgate Brushless makes shaving really clean, smooth, and comfortable. Does away with razor drag and scrape. Here's why. Because it's light and fine-textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skip or scrape when you use Colgate Brushless, but cuts through clean and smooth. That light, fine-textured makes Colgate Brushless shaving cream a super beard softener. You've never seen whiskers come off so slick or enjoyed a shave so smooth and comfortable. And Colgate Brushless is economical to use. It spreads easier. And further, try it. Get a large or giant-sized two-board jar of Colgate Brushless tomorrow. Use it a week. If you're not completely sold that it's the shave of shaves, just return that carton top to Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. And you'll get your dollar back, but quick. Now, is that a deal? Remember, there's one buck cash, says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Real three. Colgate's camera close-up of Texas. Here in Dallas, Texas, from where we're broadcasting tonight, a big favorite is a man who's in New York. He's the famous orchestra leader, Frankie Carl. Frankie Carl needs no introduction. He's now starring with his famous orchestra on the stage of the Strand Theater on Broadway in New York, along with the picture Squ Fighter Squadron. Hence, in order that you might hear Frankie Carl, this is Bill Stern in Dallas, Texas, switching you to Frankie Carl's dressing room backstage at the Strand Theater in New York City. Thank you, Bill. I'm glad to be on your sports show because once I wanted to be a prize fighter. You see, I'm a would-be fighter who turned out to be a piano player. But being a musician, I was very much interested in the story you told last week. For last week, you picked up the year 1925, a year in which you said there were more great football players than any other year. You named Red Grange of Illinois, Benny Friedman of Michigan, the Four Horsemen of Notre Dame, and others as having all played that year. You told their stories, using their college songs as a background. Well, that story last week gave me an idea. This week, why don't you pick out another year and do a story about the great songs that were written in that year? Songs that had a sports background. I think you'll find some amazing stories. How's about it, Bill? Can you do it? This is Frankie Carl in New York, returning you to Bill Stern in Dallas, Texas. Thank you, Frankie. 
I think I can. At least I'll try. And for the year that you suggest, I'm going to pick out the year of 1910. The reason I'm picking that year of 1910 is because in 1910, I think there were more great songs written that year with athletic backgrounds than any year that I know of. For instance, Frankie, do you remember a song called... Let me call you sweetheart, I'm in love with you. Ah, what fraternity house on a football weekend has an echo to the strains of that beautiful song? A song that was written for a great baseball star making a personal appearance in vaudeville. The immortal, the one and only Christy Mathewson. But wait... There's another famous song of that same year in 1910. That was the year that another great star, Eddie Leonard, wrote a song called... Ida, sweet as apple cider. Yeah, Eddie Leonard, who also wanted to be a ball player, wrote that song. It made him a star, but as the years went on, his fame faded until finally he was forgotten. And then one day, not so long ago, he went back to New York, back to the old hotel empire, the hotel where he'd scored his greatest success. He registered in his old room. Then... Then he went to bed. And that's where they found him the next morning. In bed. Dead. Ah, but there's an even stranger story of a song of that year in 1910. For that same year, a baseball song was sweeping the country. A song that's called, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the ball. Ah, the entire country loved this song. It became America's greatest baseball song. And yet the man who wrote that famous baseball song had never seen a baseball game. 1910 was a year of really great athletic songs. But this year in 1910 also gave us the Maine Stein song. Fill the steins to dear old Maine. Shout till the rafters ring. That song written for the University of Maine football team. Yeah, a song for the University of Maine. And yet it never became famous until it was finally sung by Rudy Valley, a Yale man. You know, that's almost as strange as the story behind Anchors Away. Stand maybe down the field. Here's another song in 1910, but the strangest part of this story is that the man who wrote this great Navy song served in the Army. Yep, the songs of 1910 produced some strange sports stories. Here comes the most amazing of all, a story that began in that same year in St. Paul, Minnesota. One day, back in that year in 1910, in St. Paul, Minnesota, a boy named Bill Purdy entered the room of his friend, Carl Beck, and he said, Carl, Carl, hey, look. A music publishing company here in Minnesota is offering $100 to anybody who can write the best college song for the University of Minnesota. Minnesota is my alma mater. What do you say we write that song? So, Bill Purdy and his friend Carl Beck sat down to write a song for the University of Minnesota. They did write a song, a song that's since become very famous. For you see, the song they wrote that day for the University of Minnesota has since become famous as On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin. Well, that's the story of an amazing year in which we heard... Let Me Call You Sweetheart. Introduced by baseball's immortal Christy Mathewson. The Maine Stein song. A song for the University of Maine that never became popular until it was sung by a Yale man. Anchors Away. The Navy song that was written by a man who served in the Army. Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Composed by a man who, believe it or not, had never seen a baseball game. Finally, finally a song that was written for the University of Minnesota. Only to become... On Wisconsin. Fight, fellows, fight, and we will win. 
Rail for tonight, since we're broadcasting from Dallas, Texas, here's the best in the Southwest, Wed Howard. If you're looking for smooth, comfortable shaves, here's a proposition made to order for you. There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. And here's why. Because it's light and fine textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds and softens and supports each bristle. Better than greasy, heavy creams. There's no matting down. There's no clogging. The razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless. Instead, it cuts through clean and smooth. Give Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream a trial. See how this light, fine-textured cream does away with razor scrape. Gives you really smooth, clean, comfortable shaves. Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless tomorrow. Remember, if one week's use doesn't convince you that Colgate Brushless is the shave of shaves, send us the carton top and we'll mail you one dollar back at once. Address Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. Now, how's about it? There's one buck cash says that Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the 3-0 mark for tonight. Tonight, we've been broadcasting from Dallas, Texas, getting ready to broadcast tomorrow's all-important football game between Texas Christian and Southern Methodist. Next week, we'll be back same time, same stations, broadcasting from Birmingham, Alabama. And from Birmingham, our guest next Friday night will be the former heavyweight champion of the world, Primo Carnera. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the news of the day newsreels at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. And down till next Friday night at this same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night from Dallas, Texas. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapey Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapey Man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports, he rose the inside dope, he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Tomorrow night, hear Colgate's Hour of Fun. Hilarious Judy Canova, followed immediately by A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Two laugh-packed half-hours tomorrow night over NBC. The Bill Stern Show tonight came from New York and through the facilities of WFAA Dallas, Texas. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.